Welcome to the third season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. This ministry is here to teach you Bible truth. Teaching truth allows you to grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. I sometimes read entire books in the Bible so you can know the story, not just the scripture. I also teach a series about a certain subject, so I want you to invite family and friends. Get your Bibles, grab a pen and paper so you can take notes. Now sit back, relax, and learn Bible truth. Saints, this is Dr. Kamla D here, the uh, founder and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. Today is Saturday. It is August the 6th of the year 2022. I am, I am continuing to share some excerpts from Race, Religion, and Racism, a series that was taught by the late great Dr. Frederick Casey Price back in the year 1997. Now, today I am continuing where we left off last week, but this time, I'm going to allow his introduction into this episode because I think you need to hear it. I want you to hear some of, about some of the backlash that he was receiving. Although he's teaching truth, he is giving you scripture by scripture, surah by surah, information that you can look up, information that is well documented. He was still receiving backlash and apparently it bothered him. I would not have addressed the uh, criticism. Not me. I just would have continued to teach, but I wanted you to hear it. But this is going to be a very important episode, and I think I'm going to add on a second episode, you know, just combine the two uh, so that you can get some more information. So with that said, I want you to sit back and listen to Bible truth. I'm teaching from the subject race, religion, and racism and uh it's been a long series but uh i'm doing the very best that i can to be obedient to the assignment that i believe god gave me now in the process of teaching today i may say some things that will cause you to want to write me a letter especially those of you that are watching by television the ground rules are that if you write me a letter and expect me personally to eyeball that letter and see and actually read it then you must have your full name and mailing address, return mailing address on the letter, or I will not read it. Everything I'm doing, I'm doing here publicly, out in the open, nothing under the table, and you're responding to something that you have seen and heard in a public forum. So I feel that I have the right, if I'm led by the Spirit, to use your letter as an object lesson. I'm a great one for object lessons, and people take it the wrong way. They think you're trying to get back at them or you know, something like that, and that some people might do that. I don't do that. I don't, I, I don't deal with anything unless you put your hands on me. The rest of the stuff, I just treat it like flies. I just flick it off, because what you say don't mean squat. Can't, can't hurt me with that. Only thing you can hurt me with, you know, I mean, you physically come against me. So I don't even respond to that. So I, don't, I always use illustrations, whatever is not nailed down as an illustration. That's all. Now, uh, if I was the average person and let myself react like the average person, 
I would be at this point somewhat hurt. You know, my feelings would be hurt if, if I allowed that. But I don't operate in that level, so I'm not. But it just amazes me how people would think that you would attack them in a public way. There's absolutely nothing I could gain by attacking anyone in this public forum for the thing to go all over the world for other people to hear. There would be nothing that I could get back from it that was going to help my life by attacking somebody. But I do believe in full disclosure and direct confrontation. What I mean by that is simply I believe in putting everything out here so that everybody can see it and then make their own choices or decisions about it. It's never, and I, I'm getting, man, I'm getting some letters, most of that I don't even read, but some, I got a thing here, big long thing this past week from the internet. This guy went off, I mean, kind of like almost a veiled threat. Well, you remember what they did to Malcolm X? And I just stopped reading. I said, I ain't got time for this mess. And the thing about it, and see, is what you, you black folk need to realize this. Everybody does, but I have a, an affinity to black folk. Okay? But, but you, any kind of a so-called religion that's so right and has to threaten you, I'm scared of that. I, I don't mean, you know, scared, scared. But I mean, something, what? It, God, our God. And our Jesus, he, they don't do that. They just say, whosoever will, let him come. But you got to threaten somebody, and they want to wanna, wanna, uh, debate with me. They want equal time. Equal what? Buy you some airtime and get on TV. Just that's what I'm doing. I don't want to, I'm not even, I'm not, this is not debatable. I'm giving you historic documented facts. Now either the facts are true or they're not. And if what I give you is not true, it's not going to change anything about what you have if what you have is true. So what's the problem? I'm not even, I'm not fussing or arguing with anybody. I'm just giving facts here because I'm a Christian and I'm a minister of the gospel and God gave me this assignment. And Jesus said, and he's the only one who has said this, this way. He said, I am the way. My Lord. The truth. Hallelujah. And the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now dispute that. It is. I mean, if, if you're the man, why didn't you say you were the man? So I'm not... I'm not I want to give facts. Y'all do what you want with it. And I'm not arguing. I'm not going to fuss and argue with anybody. It, you don't even need to defend it or argue why you want to debate about it. Nothing to debate. If you got the truth, you don't have to do another stand pat. I don't want any more cars. I'm going to hold these. I got a winning hand. 
let him deal cards to everybody else in the game. You don't need him while you got the, you got the winning hand. We won't argue about it. And what I say to us doesn't mean a thing. Unless I say the truth. Amen. And that's Amen. why you do the document. Now, I'm led to do, I haven't done this for a little, in fact, when I first started on this segment, because I'm dealing with Islam and Christianity, not an attack. I am doing, I told everybody at the beginning, I'm saying nationwide, I'm doing a consumer's report, comparative analysis, not an attack. What for? Attack you for what? What am I going to get out of it? And what's it going to do to you? Nothing. So why would I waste valuable? We spend tens of thousands of dollars for television time to attack you. Now, saints, I want to interject here. It was the nation of Islam who was accusing Dr. Price, Dr. Price saying that he was attacking them. And typically, my study shows that if you reveal truth to people, they start accusing you and you saying that you are attacking them. They never disputed what he was saying. You notice they're just saying, why is he attacking us? He is attacking us. No, he giving you scripture and revealing to you that you are following a false religion, a false prophet. It was not the true Islam over in Saudi Arabia and uh, Mecca that was criticizing Dr. Price. No, it was the nation of Islam that was created by Elijah Muhammad <laughs> who ordered the death of Malcolm X because he revealed after he found out the facts that Elijah Muhammad was a false prophet. That's all. So let's resume. What for? Not an attack. Now, if you want to proceed it that way and take it that way, ain't nothing I can do about it. So just stop writing me letters. I'm not going to debate with anybody. I'm not in, in arguing with anybody. I'm presenting facts. You take them and leave them. Do what you want with them. My assignment is to give, put these facts out here on the airways. Now, those that have ears to hear will hear it. Those that don't want, and that's, that's the end of the game. It's over. I'm not going to debate anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with anybody. But I, I'm led to do this as we, as we start out on this today because people are apparently hard of hearing. And that's why I get loud sometimes because it looks like if I just be nice and sweet and, you know, tender, people act like they can't hear. But get ugly and loud. And then look like you get somebody's attention. All right, listen to this. Because we're doing, I'm doing a comparative analysis, not an attack. I'm showing what Islam has to offer, and I'm showing what Christianity has to offer. These are what's called your leading religions of the world. So all I'm doing is show here's now people that there are people that are that, that are in the valley of decision. They don't know which way to go. Well, you shouldn't go anywhere until you know where you're going. You uh, you are jackass. <laughs> I'll use my best thing. You are uh, one of them long-eared donkeys. 
if you start out on any journey and don't know where you're going. That's a fool going somewhere to have. You ought to have some kind of fact, even if they're bogus fact. You ought to have something when you start out on your journey. You ought to think you're going in the right direction, even if you're not. You know, you ought to at least think you are. So what I'm doing is giving facts on both sides of the ledger, not arguing and fussing and fighting. You just do whatever you want with them. The Muslim, I want people to know that this is, I, I'm not coming off the top of my head with this stuff. This is recorded historical documentation. Problem is, most people, Christians and Muslims, don't know this. Don't think every Muslim is just, is, is just some super spiritual person. They're humans just like Christians are. And you have people that have been in the church all their life, don't know squat about the Bible. Don't, can't find, they couldn't even find a frog in there. They've been, in, they've been in the church. They were raised in the church, brought up in the church, just like some people have been raised in Islam, brought up in Islam, never taking the time to read the holy books. They don't really know what's in there. They're just going by what their mother and father told them or some relative or friend told them. You know, and so they don't, they don't know. And they need to know. People need to know. And that's all I'm doing. That's what God led me to do, give you this information then you have a witness, you'll never be able to say you didn't know. Now, the Muslim scholar, Dr. Muhammad Hamadullah, in his book, Introduction to Islam, states that, I quote, the custodian and repository of the original teachings of Islam are found above all in the Quran and the Hadith. Page 250. To this, that's in his book, Introduction to Islam, by Dr. Muhammad Hamadullah. Listen to this carefully. The custodian and repository of the original teachings of Islam are found above all in the Quran and the Hadith. Page 250. To this he adds that, I quote again, the Quran and the Hadith are the basis. This. Muslims get this. Christians get this. And you that don't know which way you want to go, get this. I'm quoting. The Quran and the Hadith are the basis of all, say all, all Islamic law. All of it. So that means there's nothing left out of all. Listen, the Quran and the Hadith, not just the Quran, the Quran and the Hadith. And we are reading a Muslim scholar, not a Christian, a Muslim. And he's talking about his own religion, if you would. The basis of all the Quran and the Hadith are the basis of all Islamic law, page 163. The reason, according to Dr. Hamadullah, that Muslims revere the Hadith as well as the Quran is that the Hadith is as divinely inspired as the Quran itself. Quoting again, the teachings, quote, the teachings of Islam are based primarily on the Quran and the Hadith. 
and as we shall presently see, both are based on divine inspiration, end of quote, page 23 in Dr. Hamadullah's book. We are using, this is me now, we are using the nine-volume translation of the Hadith made by Dr. Muhammad Mushin Khan, entitled, quote, The Translation of the Meaning of Sahih al-Bukhari, Kazi, K-A-V-I, Kazi Publications, Lahore or Lahori, Pakistan, 1979, 4,705 pages, nine volumes. As I told you before, I read everyone and studied them carefully before I opened my mouth. And I'll guarantee you most of these people who write me these letters, they have not read all this. Because if they had read all this, they would have found that what I said is absolutely true and it wouldn't have been nothing to discuss. So the very fact that they wrote me unloading on me and dumping on me is evidence that they haven't read it and that's ridiculous. Why would we discuss them and you don't even you haven't even read the facts? Just because you get upset because it looks to you like somebody's attacking you, you want to get ugly about it and haven't even read the information. Maybe you learned something. <clears throat> Listen to this. It is recommended, this particular nine volume set, it is recommended and approved by all Muslim authorities, including the spiritual heads of Mecca and Medina. Now, let's see what the Hadith has to say about Jesus. We looked at some of the things, but we want to look at some more. We will have to examine both Jesus and Muhammad together to get a complete picture of who they are in reality. Don't you think you need to know who you're following? Don't you think it's a matter of wisdom to check out whoever it is you're following? How do you know you're following the right person? You may not, you may not like where they lead you. So you ought to at least find out as much as you can about whoever it is that you revere, that you love, and that you follow so that you can know that your love is not misplaced. It's not an attack. It's a comparative analysis. All right? We will have to examine both Jesus and Muhammad together to get a complete picture of who they are in reality. In Hadith, volume 9, number 86, the book of tricks. That's where we left off last time. Now, when I read these things, I am quoting what was in the Hadith. I'm not telling you, I'm not giving you my interpretation of it. Did you hear me say, quote, when I say, quote, I am reading what's in that book. I'm reading what's in that book. And I'll stand up in, in court of law and defend myself to say that's exactly what's in that book. You go read it. That's, that's why if I was trying to hide something, I wouldn't give you the volume, wouldn't give you the book, wouldn't give you the page number. I would just let you think because I'm so smart and erudite and scholarly and so spiritual and because I've been on TV a long time, obviously I've got to be telling the truth. I just let that go. Let it suffice. I wouldn't have wasted my time reading 4,700 pages of material. <laughs> Oh my, oh my. In Hadith volume 9, number 86. And another thing, let me say this to some of you Muslims, because you don't, you, you don't understand, because you, you probably you don't know me. My members here that know me, I'm just a very out front, direct, outspoken person. And, and if, you, if, if you're timid, 
and got a chip on your shoulder and low self-esteem, then you will think I'm being sarcastic sometimes. Never, ever, ever, never. It's I always try to emphasize things. That and so if it comes across, if you receive it like that, nothing I can do about that. But I don't need to be sarcastic. Not, again, there's nothing to gain by that. But if it sounds like sarcasm to you, always remember the old adage: beauty is in the eye of the blind man. <laughs> In Hadith, volume 9, number 86, the book of Tricks, chapter 10, number 97, page 79 and 80, I quote, narrated Um Salama, U-M-S-A-L-A-M-A, -A -A. narrated Um Salama, the prophet said, now the prophet is Muhammad, okay, people have disputes. Maybe someone amongst you can present his case in a more eloquent and convincing manner than the other. And I give my judgment in his favor according to what I hear. Beware if ever I give, and then in brackets, by error, somebody something of his brothers. Right then he should not take it as I have only given him a piece of fire. End of quote. Then it says, see Hadith number 638, volume 3. In parentheses, it says, see Hadith number. So apparently that one has more to say about that. Now, I hope you understood what was just stated in the Hadith from the mouth of Muhammad himself. The prophet said, I am only. Now, I emphasized this last time. But see, again, we're talking about things that people commit their lives to. Are you following me? We're talking about things that people commit their lives to. So if I'm going to commit my life to the prophet Muhammad, if I'm going to become, if I'm going to renounce Christianity and I'm going to become a Muslim and join Islam because I believe that Islam is the right religion, I'm going to do that based upon accurate information, validatable about the person that's the leader of this. I got to see your driver's license, your blood type. I got to know who you are, man. I'm talking about making a commitment of my life to you to know who you are. You may be a movie actor. You may just be acting. And here I'm following you thinking you're the man and then you tell me, oh, I've just been playing a part. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. So listen, the prophet said, and I'm quoting, I am only. I said it last time. When you use the word only, that means anything that comes after that, that's only who you are. Is that right? I am only. So that means you're nothing else. You are only. Whatever comes after that word, only, that who you are. Only. Now the prophet Muhammad said this. I am only a human being. Well, I am only a human being. So, what you going to do for me? To me, that's like one man in solitary confinement and he's got a little slit hole where he can look through to the other side and there's another solitary confinement cell and, and there's another man in that cell. Now, both of them are only in a cell by themselves, both of them in solitary confinement. 
Now, would you just tell me what one can do for the other? What? They're both in the lockup. They're locked down in solitary. Both of them. Now, what is the one in cell A going to do for the one in cell B? If this man is only a human being, and I am only, as it were, a human being, in other words, not divine, not supernaturally arrived here in the earth realm, but just like everybody else came by a male and a female, a mother and a father, some woman's womb, I came out, I'm the, I'm the result. All I want to know is that what can you do for me? And what am I going to do for you? Man, I need somebody outside of solitary. I need somebody that's free to help get me out of where I am. I don't go, I don't subscribe to that old junk about misery loves company. No, he don't. This misery don't love no company. This misery wants out of the misery. I don't want somebody else to love the misery with me. I want out. I am only a pro. I am only a human being. Now, this would mean that Muhammad came by natural birth and not like Jesus Christ who came by supernatural birth. And we read that last time. Luke chapter 1, verses 23 through 35 and Matthew chapter 1. 18 to 23. And in these places it talks about a supernatural manifestation of Jesus the Christ coming into this earth realm. So Muhammad said, I'm only a human being. Jesus came supernaturally. Period. Now, <clears throat> in Hadith, volume 8, number 76, the book of, and again, I said this at the very outset, I'm not Arabic. And I don't always, I don't know the pronunciations correctly. I do the best I can on something that I think I think I can pronounce. I'll go ahead and try to do those. When I say try, I'll make an attempt to it. But this one, A-R hyphen, R-I-G-A apostrophe I-Q. I don't have the slightest idea, but that's how it's spelled. A-R hyphen, R-I-G-A apostrophe I-Q. Then in brackets, softening of hearts. So apparently that's an Arabic word that means softening of hearts. Are you with me? All right. Chapter 18, number 470, page 313. Quote, narrated Abu Harara. Allah's messenger said. So now we're again going to listen to what Muhammad said. The messenger of Allah. Okay. Narrated, quote, narrated Abu Harara. Allah's messenger said, the deeds of any one of you will not save you. And then in brackets it says, from the hell fire, and the word hell is in parentheses. Okay, let me give it to you again. The, the, this is the prophet. Muhammad says, the deeds of any one of you will not save you from the hell fire. From the hell fire is bracketed, and then the word hell within that is parenthesis. They said, these are the people that were there when the prophet said, they said, even you, talking to the prophet, even you, and then in, in uh, parenthesis it says, it said, will not be saved by your deeds. They said, even you, 
will not be saved by your deeds, O Allah's messenger? They asked him a question. He said, no, even I, and then in parenthesis, will not be saved unless and until Allah bestows his mercy on me. Therefore, do good deeds properly, sincere, sincerely, sincerely, and moderately, and worship Allah in the afternoon and during a part of the night. And always adopt a middle, moderate, regular course whereby you will reach your target, and then in parenthesis, paradise. Mm -hmm. End of quote. Now, to me, this is an awesome and important statement. It indicates that Muhammad was in need of salvation himself. And like I always say, saints, I'm not putting the people down. They have been deceived. I'm putting the teachings down. But you are following someone, and I'm talking about hundreds of millions of people following someone just because he said that an angel, the angel Gabriel to be exact, met him in a cave and said that Allah told him to write the Quran. Now, if this man is in need of a savior, how can you follow him? How can you follow his teachings? Now, I want you to pay careful attention. I'm not going to edit any of this out, even though Fred Price was being so repetitive. I wanted to just, ugh. but pay careful attention to this segment as he compares the Quran to the Holy Bible and Muhammad himself to Jesus Christ. And he's going to explain the difference. I want y'all to listen to this carefully. Whereas Jesus Christ did not need to be saved because he is the one commissioned by God to be the Savior. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I see a difference there. Now, that would truly be a remarkable situation where the Savior himself would be in need of salvation. If the Savior needs to be saved, <laughs> How would he be able to provide salvation for us? What does the Quran, the Hadith, and the Bible have to say about which spiritual path is right? Now this is heavy, heavy, hangs over everybody's head. Yes, it is. This is, this is awesome. All you Christians, Muslims, Wannabes, don't wannabes, don't know what to be. You need to listen to this. In the Quran, Surah 319. Remember I pointed out, there may be some that don't know this, but in the Quran, it's divided into surahs and verses, rather than like in the Bible, chapters and verses. But a surah, in essence, is a chapter, a division, in other words. So they say surah, S-U-R-A, rather than a chapter. So in Surah 3, 19, it says, and I quote, The only true faith in God's sight is Islam. 3, 19. In the Bible, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, something entirely different. Let's look at that. 
Ephesians 4. Now, this is important because you and I, we stand at the crossroads in the sense of we have what the Quran says, we have what the Bible says. Now, you have a choice to make. Let me read it again. Surah 3.19 says, quote, the only true faith in God's sight is Islam. End of quote. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, saints, I want to uh, stop right there to clarify something. When the Apostle Paul says, who is above all and in you all, he's talking to Christians. He's not, he's not talking to Muslims. He's not talking to anyone who is outside of Christ. He's talking to Christians. Okay, I thought I needed to clarify that. Now, if you go back and read this in the New Testament, you'll find out that when it says in verse 5, one Lord, that's talking about Jesus Christ. So now there it is. You got a choice. Whichever one sounds the best to you, that's the one you should follow. All right, now watch this. The Quran says in Surah 3, 85. Surah 3, 85, verse 85. Quote, he that chooses a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted from him. And in the world to come, he will surely be among the losers. End of quote. Saints, please pay close attention to this because what Fred Price is about to reveal through scripture is going to blow your socks off. Read it again. Surah 3, verse 85. Quote, he that chooses a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted from him. And in the world to come, he will surely be among the losers. End of quote. The Bible says it differently. In Acts 4, let's turn there. Now, you have to be very careful when you read things because if you're not critical. And when I say critical, I don't mean to criticize. I mean critical in terms of making an evaluation that you look at every, I mean, you look at everything very closely. You make a very critical assessment because this sounds, this, this sounds, sound good. Look, listen to this. It says, quote, he, he that chooses a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted from him. And in the world to come, he will surely be among the losers. And they quote, well, that's, you know, that's, that's an awesome statement. 
And it's telling you that Islam is the way. And if you don't go with Islam, you're going to be in trouble later. You're going to be among the something. losers. Okay. <laughs> Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> and let's begin reading at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, this was the healing of the man at the gate beautiful. Verse 9, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, I can tell by your response that you missed it. <laughs> I didn't miss it. Did you get it? Okay, what, what, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? There? You got it. So what? Listen. Listen. See, this is very... If you don't read in a dissecting way and examine everything, you could be misled. Watch this. Quote, Surah 385. He that chooses a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted from him in the world to come. He will surely be among the losers, end of quote. Quoting from the Bible, not, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, remember going back to verse 11 and 10 is talking about Jesus the Christ. And then in verse 12 he said, nor is there salvation in any other in any other than Jesus the Christ. For there is no other name, Jesus the Christ, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now here's the difference between these two. Let's see if you, see you think you're so spiritual. I hope you are. But here's the difference between the two. In the Quran, it says there is no other religion than Islam. Jesus never came to bring us religion. He came to bring us salvation. Hallelujah. I've been saying this for years. Awesome difference. Saints, I've been saying this for years. Religion doesn't save anybody. Jesus came to give us salvation. He was commissioned by God to give us salvation. Why you think Muhammad? And look, I ain't bashing the people who's following it. I'm, I'm bashing these teachings. Why you think he never said he was the one? He said he needs salvation. He, he don't know if he's going to be saved. And millions, I'm talking hundreds of millions of people are following him. Jesus was his savior. But then we got people who want to be the man. I'm going to create a religion and have all these people follow it. 
follow my teachings even after my death. Unbelievable. Jesus came to release you from religion because religion, religion, I'm sorry, doesn't reconcile you to God. Religion has no salvation in it. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is about Jesus, who is the Savior, who can lead you directly to God. Now, let's resume. Listen now. Is this very important? Oh, let me read. You didn't get that. Let me read that again. Because, see, it sounds very plausible. If, oh boy, if that's what man needs is religion. But he doesn't need religion. That's what's got the world screwed now is religion. Jesus never came to bring religion. Listen to this now. Reading from the from the Quran. Surah 3, verse 85. He that chooses a religion other than Islam. You don't choose Christianity because, number one, Christianity is not offered to you. Whenever we have an invitation, we are never offering you Christianity. We're offering you Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a big difference. Huge difference. Huge. Then if you're not careful, you miss that because this absolutely sounds correct. Quote, Surah 385. He that chooses a religion other than Islam, it will not be accepted from him. And in the world to come, he will surely be among the losers. Well, that's what it tells us, that Islam is the religion. But see, religion can't do anything for you, but confuse you. That's right. This says, listen, nor is there salvation. I don't need a religion, I need salvation. Uh, amen. Amen. Because see, if, I, if, if, if religion was the key, I could make my own religion. Yeah. Listen, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, not by which we must have religion. It is that you make your, you make your own decision, but you gotta, you gotta be careful. Now, listen, the Hadith gives us some glimpses of Muhammad's attitude towards those who embrace Islam and then turn from it. It also shows us the side of Muhammad, to say the least, which is not, or let me say it like this, which does not appear very loving or compassionate. Does not appear. But, I'll let you be the judge. In Hadith, volume 4, number 52, the book of Jihad. And then, number 1 in brackets, and then in parenthesis, fighting for Allah's cause. Jihad. Fighting for Allah's cause. Chapter 149, number 260, page 160 and 160. 61. I don't know if you're ready for this. I don't even know if you Muslims are ready for this. All right. Quote, narrated, Ikrima, that's I-K-R-I-M-A. 
narrated Ikrima, Ali burnt some people. And the news reached Ibn Abbas, who said, had I been in his place, I would not have burnt them. As the prophet said, don't punish anybody, in brackets, with Allah's punishment. No doubt, I would have killed them, for the prophet said, if somebody, this is a quote now, the prophet said, if somebody, and then in parentheses, a Muslim discards his religion, kill him. Don't burn him, kill him. <laughs> See, you black folk, you don't know what you're messing with. I'm talking about orthodox Muslims. Certain Muslims. Because Muslims, really, they're divided up just like denominations are in the Christian where you think all Muslims are the same. They're not. They got different branches. But listen to this. I'm telling you, uh, this is... Mm, narrated Ikrima Ali burnt. Burnt. B-U-R-N-T. Burn. You know, like you burn people up. Burnt. Like you burn trash. Burnt. I want you to be sure you understand what I'm saying. Burnt some people and the news reached Ibn Abbas who said, quote, had I been in his place, I would not have burnt them. As the prophet said, don't punish anybody, in parenthesis, with Allah's punishment. No doubt, I would have killed them. For the prophet said, quote, if somebody, in parentheses, a Muslim, discards his religion, kill him. End of quote. That's strong. Indeed. The Hadith goes on to say in Hadith volume 1, number 4, the book of Wudu. Wudu. W-U-D-U. That's my best pronunciation. W-U-D-U. The book of Wudu. And then in parenthesis, ablution. So apparently that W-U-D-U -U literally means in English, ablution. Chapter 70, number 234, page 148. Narrated, quote, 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 narrated Abu Kilaba. That's Q-I-L-A-B-A. Narrated Abu Kilaba. Anis said, quote, some people of UKL, that's the name of a place, UKL or U-R-A-I-N-A, Urana, UKL or U-R-A-I-N-A tribe, that's the name, these are two names of a tribe. Some people of these tribes came to Medina and its climate did not suit them. So the prophet ordered them to go to the herd of milk camels that's in brackets or in parentheses m-i-l-c-h herd of milk camels and to drink their milk and urine as a medicine so they went as directed and after they became healthy they killed the shepherd of the prophet and drove away all the camels the news reached the prophet early in the morning and he sent in parentheses men in their pursuit and they were captured and brought at noon he then ordered to cut their hands and feet and in parenthesis and it was done and their eyes were branded with heated pieces of iron 
they were put in A-L hyphen H-A-R-R-A. Al-Hara. They were put in Al-Hara, and when they asked for water, no water was given to them. End of quote. That doesn't, it doesn't appear to me to show much love or compassion, does it? In Hadith 3, number 29, chapter 18, see, we're examining from the Quran, the Hadith in the Bible, we are doing a comparative analysis of Jesus Christ, Ford Motor Company, and Muhammad, Chrysler Motor Company. Don't be offended by that. I'm, I'm just trying to make it so you'll understand what I'm talking about. Make a judgment. That's the man you want to follow. That's all I'm doing, okay? In Hadith, volume 3, number 29, chapter 18, number 72, page 44, quote, narrated Anish bin Malik, Allah's messenger entered Mecca in the year of his conquest, wearing an Arabian helmet on his head. Number one, number one. And when the prophet took it off, a person came and said, Ibn Qatal, that's K-H-A-T-A-L, Ibn Qatal is holding the covering of the Kaaba, taking refuge in the Kaaba. This was the holy place where they gathered. The prophet said, kill him. Now that's, I'm quoting. Now I read the New Testament, as I've said in days gone by, I've read it hundreds of times, probably now hundreds of times, and, and I've read it for over 45 years. I have never found a place where Jesus said, go kill somebody. In other words, I'm sorry, let me read that again. It says, uh, Allah's messenger entered Mecca in the year of his conquest wearing an Arabian helmet on his head. And then in parentheses number one, numeral one. And when the prophet took it off, a person came and said, Ibn Qatal is holding the covering of the Kabbal. And then in parentheses, taking refuge in the Kabbal. The prophet said, kill him. And then it's in the quote, and right next to that was a numeral two. But there is no, no, um, no words, just a numeral two. Now, I've never read of Jesus doing anything like that, ordering somebody to be killed. Because he did, he didn't, never did. That's not why he was here. He was here to save. In Hadith number three, or Had, I'm sorry, in Hadith volume three, number 45, the book of mortgaging in places occupied by settled population. This is the title. In Hadith volume three, number 45, the book of mortgaging in places occupied by settled population. Chapter 3, number 687, page 415. Quote, narrated Jabir, J-A-B-I-R, narrated Jabir bin Abdullah. Allah's messenger said, quoting the prophet Muhammad, who would kill K-A apostrophe B, Kaab bin al hyphen A-S-H-R-A-F. Who would kill K-A apostrophe B bin al 
hyphen A-S-H-R-A-F. The prophet is saying, who would kill him? As he has harmed Allah and his messenger. That was what the prophet said. Now, Muhammad bin Maslama, in parenthesis, got up and said, I will kill him. So Muhammad bin Maslama went to Kaab and said, I want a loan of one or two W-A-S-Q-S. Uh, that must be a measurement in Arabic. I don't know. Two, I want one or two W-A-S-Q-S of food grains. Kaab said, mortgage your women to me. Muhammad bin Maslama, Maslama said, how can we mortgage our women and you are the most handsome among the Arabs? He said, then mortgage your sons to me. Muhammad said, how can we mortgage our sons as the people will abuse them for being mortgaged for one or two W-A-S-Q-S of food grains? It is shameful for us. But we will mortgage our arms to you, you know, the weapons and things. So Muhammad bin Maslama promised him that he would come to him next time. They, and in parentheses, Muhammad bin Maslama and his companions, came to him as promised and murdered him. Then they went to the prophet and told him about it. In the quote. Now it appears, appears that Muhammad condones murder. I just simply said, that's how it appears to me. Let's go on. In Hadith 3, number 48, the Book of Witnesses, chapter 8, number 816, page 496. We're trying to get a, a view of Muhammad and Jesus. We want to look at their characters, look at what they said, look at the things they did. Muhammad uh, in Hadith number 3 or volume 3 number 48, the book of witnesses chapter 8, number 816 page 496 quote, narrated U-R-W-A bin Az-Zubair A-Z hyphen Z-U-B-A-I-R Narrated Urwa bin Azubair. A woman committed theft in the G-H-A-Z-W-A of the conquest of Mecca. And she was taken to the prophet who ordered her hand to be cut off. Aisha said, her repentance was perfect, and she was married, parenthesis later, and used to come to me, in parenthesis after that, and I would present her needs to Allah's messenger. End of quote. Now, Muhammad ordered her hand to be cut off. That doesn't appear to show much compassion or forgiveness, does it? I see Jesus in a similar situation, but with a much more compassionate response. Turn to John chapter 8. I believe in making comparisons. I, um, I like a certain kind of tie. 
you know, necktie for men. And uh, I get these, uh, I, I get these magazines in the mail, these catalogs that everybody does. But I get them by, I get them by the truckloads. I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, and so I was looking through a magazine and I saw my tie. In other words, the company that makes the particular kind of silk tie I like. I saw an advertisement in this magazine for this tie. And uh, I believe that the tie was $100. And so I ordered the tie. And the tie came. And I liked the tie. And I wore the tie. And then I was out shopping one time in an area where I sometimes go, where there's a store that all it does is sell ties. You know, ties and pocket handkerchiefs. And um, as I was passing by the window and I looked inside, I saw this tie that I had bought for $100. And so I went in because I know that sometimes people can copy things and it really not be the very same thing. It can be a look-alike. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to be sure. So I went in and I turned the tie over because the original maker of the tie has their name monogrammed on the material on the lining of the tie. Sure enough, it was identically, I mean, the same tie, same pattern, same company, same maker. These ties were $120. Now, I saw some other ties on the rack that I liked. But now, wait a minute. I, I got this tie for $100. This is the same tie. And all the other ties were the same maker, all at the same price, $120. So I went to the cashier, and I said, you know what? I, I noticed you have these so-and-so ties, and you sell them for $120. You know, I can buy these ties for $100. I get these ties for $100. Uh, I see several ties that I'd like to buy, but I just can't see paying $120 when I can buy the very same tie, I mean the same tie, for $100. And the cashier said, are you sure? I said, oh, yeah, it's the same tie. And she said, well, I'll tell you what you do. You prove it to me. And I'll sell you these ties for $100. Well, I tried it on home. <laughs> and I got the catalog. I brought the tie that I had bought for $100 via the catalog. And the catalog brought it back down and said, here be what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I showed her that. And she showed me, I think, about a half a dozen times or so. And I got them all at $100. Well, now, if I hadn't, if I hadn't done a comparison... I would have been paying $120 for something I could have got for $100. To me, that's why, that's good stewardship. See, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to cheat anybody, but it just seemed to me that if here one is making an offer here and another is making an offer here, I want to find out what's the best offer I can get for my money. Because they already got the stuff jacked up 99% anyway. They ain't losing nothing whether they sell it for $100, $120, just a little less profit. Don't be fooled. They are making a profit. Probably cost fifteen dollars, if that much, to make the tie, and they're selling for a hundred dollars, hundred twenty dollars. See, well, if, if you paid hundred and twenty, they'll sell it to you for hundred twenty. Well, I went to him and told him, and he gave me the ties for a hundred dollars. I think that was wisdom. In fact, I was able to buy an extra tie with the money I saved from the one hundred twenty difference between a hundred and hundred twenty. What am I saying? I'm saying, just. If, 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 if the prophet offers me a tie for $120 and I can buy the same tie or better for 
I'll leave it to your imagination as to where I'm going to do my shopping. Did you find John chapter 8? I thought I'd given you enough time to find it. If you haven't found it yet, you might as well get rid of your Bible. You don't even need it. Now, we're, we're watched. Here, a woman was caught stealing. They brought the woman to the prophet. He said, cut her hand off. Now, based upon what's presented in the book, I wasn't there. I don't know the whole story. All I can go back what's in the book. Doesn't indicate that he said to her, are you sorry for what you've done? Do you realize what you've done? Do you understand what you've done? Now, what you've done is a crime. And I decree that your right hand should be cut off. But can I get your word that you won't do this again? Now, if you get caught the next time doing this, off comes your hand. No. One time caught, one time hand gone. Now, John chapter 8, verse 1. But Jesus went to, Mount, to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And uh, all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them or did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. <coughs> and again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus was, had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now in that situation between the theft of the woman in the marketplace and this woman taken in adultery, I would rather go before Judge Jesus than Judge Muhammad. Now understand, he didn't condone her sin. She was wrong. And the law said she should be stoned. That means not have her hand cut off, killed. But see, the law was made for man. Man wasn't made for the law. Now, you have to have law or you won't have any order. But law without mercy is tyranny. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See, even in law now, as, as messed up as our judicial system is, you know, from the natural, but there's still like degrees in terms of certain kinds of crimes. You could kill somebody, and it might not be first-degree murder. 
The, per the victim is just as dead under first-degree murder as they are under manslaughter. You are still going to have a funeral dust to dust, earth to earth, and ashes to ashes. But there can be extenuating circumstances. Hadith, Hadith Volume 4, Number 52, the Book of Jihad. Number one in parenthesis, and then in parenthesis again, fighting for Allah's cause. Hadith Volume 4, Number 52, the Book of Jihad. Fighting for Allah's cause. Chapter 107, page 127 and 128. I quote, Bidding farewell, this is the name of this, bidding farewell, narrated Abu Harara, Allah's messenger sent us on a military expedition telling us, now messenger sent us on a military expedition telling us, quote, now this is the prophet telling Abu Harara and the others with him, the prophet is speaking, if you find such and such persons, and then in parenthesis, he named two men from Quraysh, or Q-U-R-A-I-S-H. Forgive me if I didn't pronounce it correctly, not, my, not intended. He said, if you find such and such persons, and then in parenthesis, he named two men from Quraysh, burn them with fire. End of quote. Then we came to bid him farewell. Now that was what the prophet said. Abu Harara is giving his recollection and quoting what the prophet said. Abu goes on. Then we came to bid him farewell. When we wanted to set out, he said, quoting Muhammad again, previously I ordered you to burn so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so with fire. But as punishment with fire is done by none except Allah, if you capture them, kill them instead. Don't burn them, just kill them. End of quote. In Hadith, volume 4, number 52, the book of Jihad, under number 1, in parenthesis, fighting for Allah's cause. Chapter 152, number 261, A. Page 161 and 162. Quote, narrated Anas bin Malik, a group of eight men from the tribe of UKIL came to the prophet and then they found the climate of Medina unsuitable for them. Now another thing about the Hadith that I discovered as I read it, many times you'll find the same story told two or three different times, but every time it's told there's a difference in it. It's like there's a, an addendum to it or an add-on to it or information that was not in the previous two accounts of the same situation, okay? So when I start reasoning, I heard that one and go ahead back with you now. Don't, don't do that because you'll, you'll miss out on something. Page 161 and 162. Quote, narrated Annas bin Malik, a group of eight men from the tribe of UKIL came to the prophet, and then they found the climate of Medina unsuitable for them. So they said, O Allah's messenger, provide us with some milk. Allah's messenger said, and I quote, 
I recommend that you should join the herd of camels. End of quote. So they went and drank the urine and the milk of the camels as a medicine, in parenthesis, till they became healthy and fat. Then they killed the shepherd and drove away the camels, and they became unbelievers after they were Muslim. Now, everybody that's sleeping now, please wake up and listen to this. Because, and the reason I'm doing this, see, remember, don't be so selfish. Everything's not necessarily just for you. you. You might not need this part, that part, that part, but you see, we all have relatives and friends that we interface with that don't follow the same prophet that we follow. And it might just be you can help someone. You could alert them to something so that they can check it out. That's all I ask people to do, just check it out. You don't have to fuss and fight and argue. If what I say is not true, if what I quoted is not true, me saying it ain't gonna make it true. So forget it, it's, it's, it's of no consequence. But if it is true, it might be something you want to consider. So, you listen. Especially you black folk that want to be, become Muslim. Right? I'm not telling you not to, but you need to know what you are committing yourself to. You don't be hopping in and out of the mosque. You don't be changing. It's whenever you choose to. There are dire consequences involved in you changing from Islam to something else. All I'm interested in is that you be aware of it so that when you make your choice, fine, you know what's involved. That's all. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying you, I don't think you know this. All right, listen to this now. Then they killed the shepherd and drove away the camels and they became unbelievers after they were Muslims. When the prophet was informed by a shouter for help, he sent some men in their pursuit. And before the sun rose high, they were brought. And he had their hands and feet cut off. Then he ordered for nails, which were heated and passed over their eyes, and they were left in the hara, or H-A-R-R-A, -R -R and then in parenthesis, i.e., rocky land in Medina. They were left in the H-A-R-R-A. -R they asked for water, and nobody provided them with water till they died. Abu Kalaba, that's A-B-Q-U-I-L-A-B-A, -A -A, and this is in parenthesis, Abu Kalaba, a sub-narrator said, and I quote, they committed murder and left and fought against Allah and his messenger and spread evil in the land. End of quote. Did you know this? This about Muhammad? He had their hands and their feet cut off. I'm just saying, you just, you are, you just need to know that if you make the choice, it's a, it's a life commitment. Now, see, we're talking about real Muslims. Now, we're not talking about make-believe Muslims. We're not talking about folk who want to look like Muslims. Talk about, we're talking about the real folk. You do not play games with them. It's for life. It sounds very, uh, sounds like, 
I didn't say it was, but it sounds kind of cold-blooded to me. Nowhere have I found an instance in the life of Jesus where he told his followers to kill someone. And never will. In Hadith, volume 4, number 52, the book of Jihad, under number 1, again in parenthesis, fighting for Allah's cause, chapter 173, number 286, page 181 and 182. Quote, narrated Salama bin al-Aqwa. That's A-L hyphen A-K-W-A. Narrated Salama bin al-Aqwa. An infidel spy came to the prophet while he was on a journey. The spy sat with the companions of the prophet and started talking and then went away. The prophet said, and then in parenthesis to his companions, chase and kill him. So I killed him. The prophet then gave him the belongings of the killed spy, and then in parenthesis, in addition to his share of the war booty. End of quote. Now, you might say that Judas was a spy of sorts. Certainly he was a traitor and actually betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But even though Jesus knew by the Spirit that Judas was a traitor, he didn't send his disciples after him with the instructions to kill him. And he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. In Hadith, volume 5, number 59, the book of Al-A-L-M-A-G-H-A-Z-I, the book of al Number one, and then in parentheses, I-E, giving us the definition of this A-L hyphen M-A-G-H-A-Z-I, military expeditions led by the prophet. Chapter 14, number 369, page 248 and 250. Quote, narrated Jabir bin Abdullah. Allah's messenger said, quoting the prophet Muhammad, who is willing to kill Kaab bin al-Ashraf? K-A apostrophe B, first name. Bin and then A-L hyphen A-S-H-R-A-F. Who is willing to kill so-and-so? Who has hurt Allah and his apostle? Therefore, Muhammad bin Maslama got up saying, O Allah's messenger, would you like that I kill him? End of quote. The prophet said, quote, yes. End of quote. Muhammad bin Masla Maslama said, then allow me to say a false thing, i.e., in parenthesis, to deceive Kaab. The prophet said, you may say it. So not only is he saying kill a man, He's saying it's okay to trick him, lie to him. Muhammad bin Maslama requested Kaab, saying, will you allow me to smell your head? Kaab said, yes. Muhammad smelt it and made his companions smell it as well. 
Then he requested Cobb again, will you let me, and in parenthesis, smell your head? Cobb said, yes. When Muhammad got a stronghold of him, now this is Muhammad bin Salama, okay? When he got a stronghold of him, he said to his companions, get at him. So they killed him and went to the prophet and informed him. End of quote. Now this is, this is, this is, this is awesome. It appears to me that Muhammad is here condoning both murder and deception. That's what it appears, I mean, based on what is read, what I just read. I never knew this about Muhammad until I studied the Hadith. It doesn't make me want to be his follower. I may make a mistake and he send the boys after me. And since I'm very human, knowing me, I'll probably make a mistake. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little reticent to just jump in here. Now, we will now look at some other Hadith notations about specific references to the consequences of turning from Islam. And this is one of the things you black folk really need to hear. Because there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pull for you because, as I've said so many times, because of the racism rampant in the church, historically in America, that there's a call and a pull for you, leave Christian, leave the white man's religion. Leave the white Jesus, the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus. Come over to Islam. It's the religion of the black man. Fine. I'm not telling you not to do that. But I am going to tell you about the consequences that you may have to endure if you do that and then decide to change. You ought to know this going in. That's all. Okay? We will now look at some other hadith notations about specific references to the consequences of turning from Islam. You don't be changing denominations like we can in the Christian church. God will let you change. You can be a Baptist today and a Catholic tomorrow and you can become a Methodist next week. God doesn't bother you. That's your choice. It's not so in Islam. But you better know Jesus. I am sure that most black Muslims and those contemplating becoming Muslims are unaware of the attitude displayed by Muhammad towards those who claimed Islam as their religion and then turned from it. The Hadith has much to say about it. Some of the references we will look at have already been used in showing what I consider the cold-blooded side of Muhammad. It may not be his side. Maybe I'm misinterpreting him. But brother, if cutting my hands and cutting my feet off taking hot irons and putting my eyes out, and then I'm, I'm, I'm dying of thirst and you don't give me any water, and that's not cold-bloodedness. I don't want to see cold blood. Shield me from it. If that's not, then I, I, I don't know, what would cold-bloodedness be? If that's not, then I, I don't, please don't tell me. Don't tell, I don't want to know. Now watch this. Some may sound quite familiar, but I guarantee you there will be some substantial differences in, uh, some substantial differences. Now, 
in Hadith volume 8, it says in number 82, the book of, and then in parenthesis, the punishment for, those who wage war, and then in parenthesis, against Allah and his apostle. <laughs> now see, it's all a matter of perception. I'm in big trouble if it's perceived that I'm waging war against, which I'm not. That's certainly not my intention, but if it's perceived that way, In Hadith number, or volume 8, it says in number 82, the book of the, in parenthesis, the punishment for those who wage war, in parenthesis, against Allah and his apostle, from the people of K-U-F-R, and then in parenthesis, i.e., non-believers. So I guess K-U-F-R may be an Arabic term that means non-believers, Okay and of those who have turned renegade and then in parenthesis reverted from islam did you get that and heavy heavy hangs over used to be muslims head meaning somebody that was and they're considered now because they've turned as renegade that's some harsh punishment brother just so you so you're aware when you go in, you'll just you'll know. Because you may be like these. Something may come up and you decide to change. Well, just know there is apparently a possibility of something like this occurring. I I don't know. I actually I don't want to find out. Now, there's not much mercy shown here. In Hadith, volume 8, chapter 2, page 520. I quote, the prophet did not cauterize the amputated limbs of those who fought against Allah and his messenger and of those who were renegades, reverted from Islam. Therefore, they bled till they died. End of quote. Again, this doesn't sound like compassion. In Hadith volume 9, Number 84, the book of obliging the reverters from Islam. And in parenthesis, apostate, to repent. Let me read it again. The book of obliging the reverters from Islam, apostates, to repent. And those who refuse the truth obstinately, and then in parenthesis, though they know that it is the truth, and the fight against such people. Chapter 2. Number 57, page 45. Listen up. Quote, narrated, I-K-R-I-M-A, Ikrima, narrated Ikrima, some, S-A-N-A-D-I-Q-A, and then in parenthesis, atheist. I'm assuming that, that that may be an Arabic word for atheist. Okay? Narrated Ikrima, uh, Ikrima, some atheists were brought to Ali, and he burnt them. The news of this event reached Ibn Abbas, who said, if I had been in his place, I would not have burned them, or burnt them, as Allah's messenger forbid it, saying, do not punish anybody with Allah's punishment, fire, in bracket. I would have killed him according to the statement of Allah's messenger, 
whoever changed his Islamic religion, then kill him. <laughs> My Lord. End of quote. My Lord. That is indeed harsh treatment. The Bible views this principle differently. And we're now going to look into second next time. I'm out of time. Well, saints, that's the end of uh, the episodes I chose to share this weekend. And it's not much more I can say about this episode. I know you guys are going to be sharing it and talking about this for a while. This is some very important information because you are dealing with your life. Salvation is found in no other. You need to read Acts 4.12, starting at verse 8. Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 8, and keep reading. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, and that name is Jesus. Jesus Christ. So I'll see you guys next week. Now I'm going to listen to a few more CDs to see if I want to share one more episode um, comparing um, Jesus with Muhammad. There's no comparison to me. I mean, there really isn't. Uh, Jesus is the Savior. Muhammad created a, a religion and um, everybody bowed down to him. He was the only messenger to God. Come on now. God chose one person. Okay. But anyway... I may just move forward to um, Fred Price examining Louis Farrakhan. And when you hear this stuff, now we're talking about Louis Farrakhan. He is the head of the Nation of Islam today. My Lord, that's all I have to say. Saints, until next week, look, walk in love, stick with Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. You can leave Christ today. He ain't going to kill you. You just better make sure you find your way back to him before your spirit leaves your body. That's all I have to say. So, peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, you can contact us by emailing talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com If you would like to sow a seed in this growing ministry, you may access the front page on the podcast you are listening to and click on the support button. Or you can cash out the ministry at dollar sign Dr. Kamala D. That is at dollar sign capital D lowercase r capital C lowercase a-m-a-l-e capital D and donate any amount. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver, and so do we. So until next time, believers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not the word of man. We walk by faith and not by what we see. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D, serving you with Christ Jesus, our Lord, in peace and love. I thank each of you for tuning in. And I hope to hear from you soon. Peace out.